Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hundreds of inmates under quarantine at the Oklahoma County Jail. How the NBA has kept its players safe during the pandemic and the end of an era at Cattleman Steakhouse. For the Oklahoman, I'm Dave Morris. Today is Monday, July 27th. A new record high for the number of new COVID-19 cases in the state. According to the latest report from the state health department, there are 1,401 new cases of coronavirus, but no new deaths. Several of the cases are at the Oklahoma County Jail, where a COVID-19 outbreak has placed more than 500 inmates under quarantine. Officials said so far, 33 inmates have tested positive for the virus. The outbreak comes less than a month after a trust took over jail operations from Sheriff P.D. Taylor, and weeks before jury trials are scheduled to resume at the Oklahoma County Courthouse. Jail administrators, judges, public defenders, and the district attorney met Monday to discuss the issue. New policies were being put in place to ensure no inmate is brought to the courthouse after exhibiting COVID-19 symptoms or testing positive. One symptomatic inmate was brought to the court last week, however. Jail administrator Greg Williams assured officials this would not happen again. The full severity of the outbreak is unknown because the trust has not been requiring inmates to be tested. Williams also told officials on Monday a number of inmates refused to be tested for the virus. My colleagues Adam Camp and Joe Masato have more on other stories making headlines today. I'm Adam Kemp, health reporter for The Oklahoman. Uh, Reporting today on a national survey of coronavirus beliefs and practices that were studied by Oklahoma State University economic researchers as well as their peers at Purdue University. Um, They kind of wanted to know from people, uh, you know, a big list of reasons why or why not they are possibly wearing a mask right now during this pandemic. Uh, It was a week-long study. Uh, They talked to more than 150 people from Oklahoma, Arkansas, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, New Mexico, and Texas to kind of determine their beliefs and what they believe regarding the role of masks in the spread of COVID-19. The real interesting takeaway, at least from the Oklahoma region, which is those list of states I just listed, was that many people believed that masks would play a part in defeating COVID-19 or in at least, you know, tamping down the amount of infection and spread that we are seeing. But an even larger amount um, said that they also still weren't wearing a mask. Now, this study didn't go into reasons why they they weren't wearing a mask, but um, OSU Extension agricultural economist Courtney Burr said that that's kind of on the horizon now that now that they have this data, they plan on studying, okay, well, why aren't people wearing these masks? Is it because they're not able to get them? They're not able to find them? What's going on? Um, In relation to the rest of the country, that region of states also had a high number of people who just believed masks didn't work at all, or uh, believed they were actually harmful to the person wearing the mask. Now, the CDC says, 
masks are important for um, you know slowing the spread of COVID-19 and really the, the risk factors for wearing a mask are very low unless you are a child under the age of two, uh, have some severe breathing problems already, or are incapacitated um, and unable to remove the mask yourself. Those are the only reasons the CDC gives for, for not wearing a mask. Uh, so interesting study at OSU. The, the multi-state focus, they said, was important because they like to know who's crossing over these these boundaries. You know, I think sometimes um, people view, you know, there's like a hard stop at a state border. Well, um, Courtney Burr, again, said, no, that's not the case. Uh, there's not a magic wall in between these states. Uh, people cross over freely, so it was important to kind of group these states uh, as a whole. Uh, interesting study, kind of some conflicting ideas and feelings towards masks and, and really the danger for COVID-19 in general as um, another big takeaway from the study showed that uh, a good portion of the people surveyed didn't even believe that uh they were at risk or at high risk for contracting COVID-19 or that anyone around them was high risk either, which really flies in the face of, of Oklahoma health data in general, as Oklahoma is known pretty well for being a top state in both uh, the number of people with diabetes and the amount of people uh, that classify as obese, which are both factors in um, severe COVID-19 infections. For the Oklahoman, this is Thunder beat writer Joe Masato. Chris Paul didn't learn of the COVID-19 outbreak in the Miami Marlins clubhouse until he walked off a Disney World practice court Monday morning. It almost sounds similar to us back in March, the Thunder point guard said through a mask. At least 13 Marlins have tested positive for the coronavirus. Miami's home opener Monday was postponed, as was the Yankees-Phillies game in Philadelphia, where the Marlins last played. While Major League Baseball's return to play plan is in danger of unraveling after opening weekend, zero NBA players have tested positive for COVID-19 since entering the bubble almost three weeks ago. The Thunder will resume its season Saturday against the Jazz, its first game since the season was suspended in mid-March. Even though baseball is being played in empty stadiums, most in the open air, MLB teams are still traveling and players and coaches are sleeping in hotels or their own homes. Interactions with the outside world have been limited inside the NBA's restrictive environment, but baseball struggles are reason to question what the NBA will do next season. What we're going to do is take a lot of the learnings from this experience in Orlando and probably throw them into the future to figure out the most effective way to manage in the event that we're playing without fans, Thunder General Manager Sam Presti said last week. Presti said he doesn't believe there will be a bubble next season with 30 teams. That idea was ruled out for the season restart, as only 22 teams were invited. The idea is the smaller the bubble, the safer it is. This falls under the auspice of you just can't plan yourself into a pretzel, Presti said. Paul, as president of the National Basketball Players Association, was an influential decision maker in the NBA's return. The NBA, NBPA, and Disney worked together to craft the bubble plan. Paul said the parties went back and forth on how to proceed in the wake of not only the coronavirus, but also the nationwide protests following the death of George Floyd. Presti, who's with the Thunder inside the bubble, credited the league, players, and local medical community for a setup that's been met with near-unanimous approval. 
Once a champion is crowned, and likely even before then, plans for next season will take shape. Paul was asked if the NBA could play games outside of a bubble if the pandemic doesn't subside. That might be above my pay grade, Paul said. We haven't had those discussions yet, but they'll probably come soon. I know right now, this seems to be the safest way possible. That's Adam Kemp and Joe Masato. Thank you, Adam and Joe. If you've ever visited Cattleman's Steakhouse in Oklahoma City, then you know all about the famous house-made salad dressing. The woman responsible for the famed garlic ranch dressing will be leaving the well-known Stockyards Eatery later this week. Oklahoma's Dave Cathy has more on Rosita Parker's departure and a long-term friendship. Ask somebody at Cattleman's Steakhouse who makes the salad dressing, and they'll tell you Rosie. We do the eggs. Mm-hmm. The eggs, it makes mayonnaise base. Mm-hmm. Oil that's, uh, that's marinated for 16 days, mm-hmm. and the regular oil. Mm-hmm. And then we mix, uh, put that together. If you ask the pint-sized powder keg who showed Food Network's Guy Fieri how to make the secret recipe her name, she'll tell you Rosita Parker. But Dick Stubbs, her employer and number one fan, calls her Rose. He's a friend first yeah. and my boss, yeah. second. There you go. That's the way I look at him now. Well, Rose and I have uh, been working together for 50 years this last uh, July 1st. After Thursday, these longtime friends will no longer be working together. Rosie won't be making the salad dressing for anyone but her family as she enters retirement at the age of 81. The departure from Cattleman's ends a career in hospitality that began in 1958 at Holly's Drive-In. Stubbs took over Holly's in 1970. When Stubbs sold the drive-in back to Holly in 1978, Rosie chose to join Stubbs and became a utility player. She worked in the kitchens at Applewoods, Muffins, and the Velvet Dove. When Stubbs sold Applewoods, the contract included the Rosie Clause. I, I think the contract was about a half inch thick, mm-hmm. and Rose's name was the only one in there. <laughs> she, had, she had the option. Yeah. to stay with Applewoods or to come with me to down here. And that was because I'd made her a promise one yeah. time that she'd always have a job with me. Rose has worked with other members of the staff, shared the secrets of the dressing and other techniques in preparation for her retirement. But Stubbs will be the first one to admit the iconic restaurant will not be the same without her. Always was looking for the quality and wanting it consistent. And, you know, she would go around the restaurant and find out or something was slipping a little bit. And mm-hmm. She had conveniently tell me that, uh, I think we're, we're doing something different, you know, or something, <laughs> and had me go look it up and, and get it back on track. Yeah. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. For my colleagues, Adam Kemp and Joe Masato and Dave Cathy, along with producer Paige Dillard, I'm Dave Morris. Have a great night, everyone.